Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Welcome to our worship gathering today. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here. And if you're joining us online, we are having a little bit of technical difficulties getting the slides up on the screen. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we're, we're working on it, and Lord willing, it'll come up at that. You know, there's always seems to be one little thing that happens almost every Sunday. kind of keeps us on our toes, so we're excited about that. But, but we, as, as we've been mentioning, we, we're starting this uh, new series uh, teach in the Bible book of Romans. Now, we're actually finishing the book. We've actually studied from chapter 1 all the way through to chapter 13, and now we're going to be hitting chapter uh, 14, 15, and 16 in the next few weeks. Uh, Romans is an amazing book um, it's, it, because it, it gives both a, a deep understanding of who Jesus is, but also gives some practical ways of, of living out our faith and, uh, and, and, and how to pursue harmony in, in difficult times. As I was pulling back into this study um, of this incredible book, I was reminded of a, of a moment that I had back in there. Christy, would you hand me that coffee cup real quick? Um, I, was, uh, I was at a, a Starbucks. Uh, this, was, this was PC, pre-COVID. And, and I was at a Starbucks, and, uh, and the place was uh, completely packed. I mean, you could hardly even move uh, the barista was at the, the counter there calling out names and, and setting out coffee and, and setting out uh, 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 breakfast sandwiches. And, and it was, it was a, a lot of stuff was going on. And, and, and a guy with a very serious look on his face kind of nudged his way into the crowd. And as he, as he reached to scoop up his drink, I'm not sure whether he hit his elbow or whether uh, he hit his arm somewhere or somebody bumped him or he squeezed so hard that the top kind of popped off a little bit. But as his, the force of his grab, as he reached it to grab, some of the coffee spilled out and sprayed out over the counter and mostly landed on this bacon and egg uh, croissant sandwich that was sitting there. And, uh, and you know, kind of the, <laughs> you could see the gasp in the crowd. But this guy who spilled the drink, he just erupted. Uh, he was he was upset. Uh, he was uh, yelling, and he was you know who hit me? Who, who uh, you know looking around, darting around, and then he just lit into the barista. I can't believe you would do this. The ineptness and da da da. Why didn't you put the lid on tight? And he was just going on and on and on and on and on, berating and belittling. And uh, people were handing over napkins. You know, it was so crowded in there. This person by the napkins wadded up a few and they handed over, you know, to the, to the group. And they're, they're, it really wasn't that big of a mess at all. Uh, but they were trying to clean it up. And, and uh, most of the coffee actually spilled on this bacon and egg uh, cheese uh, croissant. And uh, an older gentleman who uh, was kind of standing there... Uh, uh, kind of smiling, walked up to the counter and he grabbed the, the bacon and egg and cheese croissant and he, uh, he kind of picked it up and it was a little soggy and he laughed. He goes, ha, 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 I guess they come pre-dipped now in coffee. <laughs> and, uh, and, and the barista said, you know, uh, I'm so sorry and was saying to the guy who spilled his coffee and this other guy with the soggy croissant sandwich, I'm so sorry. Uh, I'll make a new one for you. 
the, the guy with the croissant sandwich spoke first, and he said, you know, uh, sweetie, don't smile on his face, you know, twinkle in his eye. <laughs> don't worry about it. Um, this is just fine. And he kind of walked away into the crowd. The guy with the spilled coffee, he just glared, snapped the lid back on the cup, turned on his heels, and actually said, get out of my way. The crowd just kind of parted as best as we could, you know, and the guy walked, walked out. And I, you know, I don't know if, um, if somebody actually said this or I thought it in my mind, but I remember thinking the words, something more than coffee spilled out today. You see, it was obvious of what was in the jostled cup. We all saw it. It was coffee. For what's inside comes splashing out when we're knocked or bumped or some conflict or shaking situation happens. And the same happens in our life. When we get jostled, when we get in conflict, when our circumstances are shaken, what's inside comes out. The older man splashed out kindness and peace and harmony. The spilled coffee guy, <laughs> not so much. So here's a question for you. What spills out when your life is jostled? And Victor said it very clearly, oh my, have we been shaken this past year and even now with the pandemic. Do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you shake hands? Do you not shake hands? Do you go, how do you work all this? Do you spend time with my family? All these things and all these situations there, the, the social unrest that's going on, what, how do you respond with some of the things that are saying, am I racist, am I not racist? I don't, I, I don't know, a, a political pressure, what side of the political fence are you on and where, what side should you be on? Our way of thinking is tested. Our way of life is jostled. So what comes out? Maybe like the n nicer older man, what spills out is levity and kindness and, or maybe... It's more like the coffee-spilled guy, blame and hostility and aggression and division. Well, what does this have to do with Romans? Unfortunately, the Roman church was spilling out some of those non-Jesus type of traits, judging, comparing, despising, not unity-building or harmony-bringing, the Roman church was kind of like that guy who spilled the coffee. Now, the Bible book of Romans, as Lorena was talking about, is as a letter uh, from the Apostle Paul to this gathering of believers in Rome. And he wrote this to bring unity to, the, to, the strug to this struggling church. They were divided. They were disunified. Uh, there was infighting fueled by pride and self-focus and self-righteousness and judging uh, and judging being that, that, that choice where we take the place of Jesus and stand as the authority of what is right and what is not. This happened between Christian brothers and sisters. Something had happened in their faith 
where that not-of-God nature, that ugly not-of-God nature was mixing into faith, and that's what was spilling out. It was dividing this local church. Jewish believers on one side that had made certain practices essential and belittling those who did not do them. And all the others, Gentiles, believers who were glorifying their freedom. And both were judging each other. Not a whole lot of inclusive harmony going on. And so to bring unity, Paul writes this letter. And he writes this letter to center them on Jesus. That in Christ, Jesus is rightness. Through Jesus is where new life is found. And that God's blessing and promises are found in Jesus. And as we come under Jesus' leadership and his lordship, his mastery over our life, his the one to follow, there is a welcoming spirit that brings on unity and harmony. That's why Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, verse 16, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So, so how do we pursue this harmony? And especially now, in these diverse times where people of faith, maybe even people in the church, our church, are on both sides of the political argument. Jesus followers are holding very different views of of this social unrest. And Christians are are holding on to convictions that certain actions are just not right or that are essential. It was happening in Rome when Paul wrote this letter, and it happens here and now. The answer is to be filled so much up with Jesus that when we're jostled with these conflicts, that Jesus' kindness, love, and inclusiveness spills out where we are welcoming to each other. That uh, word that, that uh, uh, Carrie just read, and we'll delve into it a little more, the word means receiving or accepting, creating belonging, even in the difference. And not to be so rigid, so rigid, or, or, or that we run and hide behind the walls of prejudice. Prejudice is prejudging. Uh, we hide behind the walls of prejudice and, 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 and lob over shame grenades to people. But we are to remember Jesus' authority and not judge, not to compare, and not despise. Now, sure, there are absolutes, and we should be in full agreement of those. But there are also areas and actions that may be right for others, but not us. Paths we might take that others should not. And in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 12, Paul teaches that harmony happens as we welcome others and live under, the, under Jesus' authority, giving us three challenges and three cautions uh, <clears throat> to live in harmony. So I'd like for us to study that. If you wouldn't mind uh, standing up, if you're here in, uh, on our, in our audience here, or if you're even at home, go ahead and stand up, kind of loosen yourself up, and let's pray and ask God to challenge us this morning and teach us. Father God, thank you. Thank you that in you is this great unity and harmony 
that though we're different, Lord, we can have this incredible connection with each other, this inclusion with each other all around you. So God, I pray as we launch into this, uh, <clears throat> these chapters of the Bible, book of Romans, Lord, even this, these first 12 chapters in verse, uh, chapter 14, God, first, first, for you, first, 14, first 12 chapter, whatever, Lord, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, as we launch into this, Father, that, that you really teach us and encourage us and challenge us and help us. And God, may we glean from this morning those things that you want us to learn. Holy Spirit, do your work in our hearts. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. And sometimes I just can't get those words correct in my head. Thank you for your grace in that. You know, in these last few chapters of Romans, Paul is talking, and he, actually the whole book, he's talking to believers who've come to faith in Jesus. That's important to know. They had understood in, in, in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, every one of us. We all have this unfortunate reality of sin, and that sin has consequences. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, meaning separation from God, means that we won't be able to, to it's a death of a dream of, of filling out our, our life vision because we're, we're away from God and we have this sin issue. It's a, it's a death, meaning that we'll never reach to heaven because of this sin block that's there, and it's a death to a relationship with God because we can't relate to him because we're sinful human beings. Paul explained that very clearly, that we've all sinned and that sin has a consequence. But as Romans 5, 8 says, wow, woo, great that Jesus came. And while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He went to the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin when he died and breathed his last. And he also rose from the dead saying that he is the way to deal with our sin problem. And all we need to do to benefit from that is to believe, to have faith, as Romans 4 talks about. We need to have this faith in Christ. And so when we've come that, <clears throat> we are signed, sealed, and delivered. We are God's, and there's nothing that can change that. And, and so salvation is not at stake here. <clears throat> and if someone eats a certain way or holds a certain day sacred or practices faith differently, it doesn't affect salvation. It is secure. Now, in this, Paul does call some weak in faith and some strong in faith. It was evident uh, on each side of the Jew-Gentile conflict, they both felt a kind of haughty strength due to their passions and their practices of faith. They're called weak. And as you read all the way through uh, Romans chapter 14 through chapter 16, the weak are those Christian Jews who sit in judgment of Gentiles, but also Gentiles who have condescending and despising attitudes that spill out against their fellow Christian brothers and sisters. See, the weak are those who judge and despise and compare. Well, the strong are those who take on what we're going to be talking about this morning, these, these challenges and, 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 and stay away from the cautions that Paul brings out in Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 12. And spill out this welcoming nature, for harmony happens as we welcome others and live under Jesus' authority. Now, the first set of these three challenges and cautions is to yield to Jesus' authority and don't judge. Now, I've asked, once again, Jamie Block to read Scripture this morning, and she's going to start with reading Romans chapter 14, verses 1 to 4. And I pray it works. So go ahead, Jamie. Romans 14, 1 through 4. 
Accept the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Now, <clears throat> it's careful not to take verses out of context or just phrases. If you want to take the phrase, while the weak, weak person only eats vegetables, don't take it out of context saying, okay, well, now, you know, kids, now I don't have to eat vegetables because if I do, I'll be weak. It doesn't say that. <clears throat> it doesn't mean that. Actually, the, there's a counter to that. If you go to the Bible book of Daniel, Daniel ate vegetables only and was the strongest one around. So, you know, just don't take things out of context. <clears throat> but Paul is reminding all the weak and the strong, that <clears throat> we all stand before a master, the Lord, Jesus, the Christ, who dealt with humanity's sin, as Romans chapter 3 and 5 talk about, who, who rose from the dead, as Romans 6, chapter 6 talks about, who is God, as Romans 9 explains, and, and who is Savior and Deliverer of all, Jew and Gentile, and inclusive in that, as Romans 10 and 11 talk about. And Paul has been explaining all through this letter to the Roman church, uh, this Bible book of Romans, the supremacy of Christ, all through this book, that Jesus is the way and, and, and his life ought to be followed so much so that it is part of our lives and that when we're bumped into, when conflict comes, Jesus-type response spills out and actions and godliness comes out like being welcoming. Verse 1 of chapter 14. Whereas the one who is weak in faith, welcome him. The word means accepting, receiving, taking along as a companion, to have as a guest, to foster belonging. Not just to tolerate. Well, you know, I just got to put up with them. No, it's to actually accept in with those Christians who practice differently than us and have different views of the way things should be, the super conservative and the super liberal, the ones with differing political views and the ones with certain passions over certain practices. Again, not talking about the major doctrines, <clears throat> but these are fellow believers in Jesus. And so we are to be welcoming, just like God welcomed us. And that's mentioned in chapter, verse three, you know, that God welcomes us. So we should welcome others. See, see, we're to honor Jesus' authority <clears throat> so much that we don't take his place. Because when we judge, we say, I'm the boss. I'm the, the biblical authority here. I'm the one who can condemn. Don't take Jesus' place. Be welcoming. Like with that person who's Wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? That person who, who's different than you politically or who's different than you in the, 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 the way that you view this social unrest? Or like that person that maybe you consider has bad breath? Praise God for masks now. <clears throat> but don't focus on that. 
but enjoy each other's company in Jesus and together follow Jesus. In the ancient Roman church, some believing Jews were still practicing uh, eating laws and, believe, and, and believing Gentiles were not. And the judgments were flying. Oh, how dare you eat pork? Oh, that's so wrong. You know, having some pork ribs. Oh, man, these are so good. Don't you wish you could have some? Taunting them, and it was just bad. Flaunting their freedom in Christ and not respecting another's views. The caution here is don't go there. Don't think of someone less or to vilify them or to belittle or to shame them. And you know what is so sad? You scroll through Facebook and I see Christian, Christian brothers and sisters throwing those shame grenades at people who think differently than them politically or in this whole social unrest issues that are going on and they shame and that's, that's judging we should not be doing that. We, and we do this with all kinds of issues. How we spend money, who we associate with, styles of worship, and how we do communion and even dress. Oh, we love to be the boss. We love to stand in judgment. It's kind of, there's an empowerment in there that's a wrong empowerment, and we just need to stop and let the welcoming spirit of accepting and inclusion reign and let that spill out for harmony happens as we welcome others and live under Jesus's authority it's yielding to the authority of Jesus the rightful boss and don't try to take his place as judge because he's the only right one that can judge Uh, the next set of a challenge and a caution is to live is to, to live to please Jesus not to compare. Jamie, um, why don't you read us Romans 14, 5 to 8. Romans 14, 5 through 8. One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God. And whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Wonderful. Thank you, Jamie. When we come to faith, we choose to yield to Jesus' authority and choose to live now to please him. For we all are part of his family. And yes, most followers of Jesus sincerely desire to do so in honor of the Lord. Paul uses that phrase three times in this passage. It means to please the Lord. Two, in, in authenticity, live how Jesus would want. Some in this Roman church held up a certain day as more important and the practices around that, like, like the Sabbath, most likely the Sabbath, and all the restrictions, and others, not so much. 
And Paul is saying, don't compare. Don't say that you're better off because you do this practice and so religious about it. And don't think that you're better off because you just have freedom in Christ. Don't think that. Don't compare. To evaluate your practice saying it's better than another. We all want to please God and we're all different. And sure, we can learn from others how they practice their faith and that's why we should have mentors and, and, and people we look to go, getting involved in a, in a life group, small group where we can learn from others and, and, and try some of those practices to see what really works for us. The key is who are we seeking to please? Who are we seeking to honor? The challenge here is to live to please Jesus, to be so connected with him, he's the one that you respond to, not to those around you. And the caution is, is don't compare, thinking you're better or less than other people around you. Therefore, live to please Jesus and assume others are doing the same. For harmony happens as we welcome others and live under Jesus' authority. Uh, One more set of a challenge and a caution It is to respond to Jesus' lordship and don't despise. Jamie, please read us this last couple of verses, verses 9 to 12. Romans 14, 9 through 12. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life so that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Thanks again, Jamie. Verse 11 is a quote from Isaiah 45, verse 23. Paul also referred to this in the Bible book of Philippians, which we've been studying for the last number of weeks, chapter 2, verse 10 saying that, that as we live, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess to God. <clears throat> because Jesus is the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He is the high, holy, sovereign God. He is creator, possessing all power where he speaks and oceans obey and demons flee at the very thought of him. And regardless <clears throat> or who or what we believe, There will come a time where everyone, believing or not, will acknowledge him as Lord. And certainly, us who believe, we should respond to his lordship, his his leadership in our life, that that we are under him, yielding to what he says. We're following his orders and we're listening to him and setting life his way. See, he's gone to great lengths to provide for us salvation and belonging for us who believe. And his love for humanity is something that we should follow. And we're to love people like Jesus does, to be welcoming to them. We have no right to judge. And we certainly should not hold in contempt or despise the word there, despise, holding contempt, means to devalue, to see someone as nothing, to reject anyone 
who doesn't embrace Jesus like you do. See, that's despising. We should not be doing that. We should see them as valuable because Jesus sees them as valuable. We should see them as somebody because Jesus sees them as somebody. And just because they don't worship the same way you do or make the same decisions you do politically or uh, with all the social unrest or with this pandemic doesn't mean that you have to look down your nose at them. Now, yes, we should be discerning. Jesus taught on this in Matthew chapter 7. In fact, write that down somewhere in your notes and look at it later. Read the whole chapter. In verse 1, Jesus was clear. Judge not, lest you be judged. <laughs> but Jesus went on in, 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 in chapter 7 of Matthew, verses 15 to, to 20, and Jesus cautioned to be mindful of people's action. Not to judge, but to recognize what are godly actions and what are not, based on the authority of God's word and of Christ's word. And yet, again, we are fellow Christians. We're not the Holy Spirit. We're not the ones that should rain down conviction on somebody and pass judgment on them. Sure, we should lovingly ask questions. How does that fit into your faith and belief? Not in a condescending way, but in an honest way. And to leave the conviction up to God and to not despise, for harmony happens as we welcome others and live under Jesus' authority. So what spills out? What spills out when you get jostled, get rattled? <laughs> Unfortunately, it's all too easy for us to be like the Roman church and sit in that seat of authority and judge and compare and despise. And honestly, that only leads to division. Why not seek harmony? Why not seek that, that welcoming, accepting, inclusive spirit that looks beyond the issues that are different than us and sees the person as Jesus does and welcomes them in, where we yield to Jesus' authority and don't judge, where we live to please Jesus and don't compare, where we respond to Jesus' lordship and don't despise. What is it that spills out when you're jostled? What is it that God is, is speaking to you this morning? I want us to take, as we have uh, <clears throat> these last few Sundays, and take a, a moment of silence and, and to interact with Jesus in this way. Our band is going to come up and get themselves ready. But I want you to think about a couple of questions. <clears throat> what has been spilling out as you've been shaken? How can you yield more to Jesus' authority what does it look like to really please Jesus in your life? And how can we be more welcoming to those around us? See, harmony happens as we welcome others and live under Jesus' authority. Let's just take 40 seconds. And in the quietness of this moment, let God speak to us. And I'll end that time in prayer. Let's do that.
Thanks for speaking to us, God. Thanks for challenging us. Help it to not be just this moment, but even as we leave our time together, may we interact with you and hear from you and acknowledge you as the rightful Lord and Savior and, and power in our life. We want to please you, Jesus. We don't want to judge. We don't want to compare. We don't want to despise. <laughs> Help us to be more welcoming. Thanks for the reminder today and the challenge. Jesus, you're amazing, and we do love you. We pray in your name.